Um, thank you guys so much for being here today. My name is Andrew Garcia, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint uh, Church. Today is like a big day for everyone, like there's millions of birthdays, but today it's like special for me because me and my wife are celebrating six years of marriage today. So big deal, marital bliss, it's awesome. Um, thank you guys so much for being here. Today we're continuing our series called Some Assembly Required. And Pastor Danny started us off last week talking about the church we see is the church we will be. And if you missed that, go back and check it out. Go to lifepointsa.com, go to SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever you choose. But you don't, wanna, you don't wanna go through this series without having heard our senior pastor. If you're a guest with us today, come back next week, check him out. He's hilarious. He's always got something funny and crazy to say. Um, so what we're doing in this series is we are filtering our lives through the vision of LifePoint Church and kind of how that applies to our personal faith journey. And what we believe is that we should know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. And, and, and the truth is that whether you consider yourself a Christian or not, we all have a faith journey. Right? We've all placed our faith in something or in, in someone. And so today what we're doing is we're gonna look at our life through the lens of the Christian belief in God and through his son, Jesus, and hopefully walk out of here with a new perspective as we kind of reevaluate what it means to know God. So before we kind of move forward here, I just wanna acknowledge the elephant in the room that when it comes to God, our presumptions have created a perspective, okay? And, and our, per, I'm sorry, our perception. And our perception has fed our feelings, and our feelings drive our focus. And, and I say this because feelings lead us astray, right? Like if you've ever been on a diet for more than five minutes, your feelings lead you astray and you know it, okay? So they lie. And so today what I want us to do is just kind of wipe the slate clean and, and start fresh. To know truth for the sake of truth, we begin with having no emotions attached. And so I'm not gonna give you like, a comprehensive case on what it means to know God, but I'm gonna do as best as I can in what it seems to be about 25 minutes right now uh, to help you consider more, to help explain why you should consider more and to explore God more. And what I think is that most people start off on the wrong foot when it comes to God. We get confused, you know, that a God who loves us unconditionally, you know, could kind of let the atrocities and the injustices in our world happen. Like a lot of us get caught up there. Right? And then we, we, we refuse to explore it further because we feel like because of his lack of action, we're just gonna dismiss him. And the greatest irony of all is that we are seeking to comprehend the mind of God who by definition wouldn't be God if you could understand him with your own intellect, okay? So I just want you to understand that. So let me ask you guys, who in this room has ever felt incomplete, right? Like, like something about your life is missing. Like maybe you're like on on like the high of life and things are going well, but on this gut level, there's still this sense of something is incomplete. And in my opinion, Christianity has the best answers for some of life's biggest questions because Christianity would call this whole a divine design, that, that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men and that we as finite beings are, are seeking an infinite end and that that whole was God placed? And so today what I wanna help you do is form an answer to your question of why you should know God. And we have to start with the real beef that society has, this mindset that's kind of been implanted in us, something called expressive individualism. 
Now, now Robert Bella, who was a sociologist, coined this term after World War I. And, and what he was seeing was that Western culture was kind of becoming super individualistic. And, and it was beginning to kind of intensify and extenuate. And so he decides to put a label, he decides to define this. And he says that we do not discover who we are anymore by supplementing our individual needs to the family or community. So the old way you used to kind of, you, you would forego your own identity to fill the need of the community. And he's saying that's, that's gone. Each person has a core, unique core feeling and intuition that must unfold and be expressed if individual identity is to be realized. In other words, that we believe that we have the right to, to search deep within ourselves and pull out our deepest desires and label ourselves with that desire. That, that suddenly identity comes from what we label, which comes from what we desire. And yet what we find in the Christian religion is, is a theme that humanity are a bunch of sheep, blind and dumb. It's kind of, it's a slap in the face. It's kind of funny. I think it's funny. So, and, 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 and that Jesus, our shepherd, has given us a name. Let's check this out. John chapter 10, verses two through three. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And modern culture rejects this idea. Culture says that no one else can name you but you. Okay, that again, you need to look inside and pull out your deepest desires and then express that. That, that you can't let family or society kind of impose an identity on you. That would be horrible. And, and here's kind of the funny thing. The problem that most of us face is that you didn't create yourself. So how can you possibly understand, reveal to yourself, who it is that you were created to be or who it is that you should be? Right? You, you can't fill a hole that you didn't create. And where we find ourselves can best be defined by Kirk Lazarus in Tropic Thunder. I know who I am. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. That's not my endorsement for the movie. <laughs> and, and it's funny, but then he says something at the end of this scene that's kind of sobering and that really rings true for us all. He says, I think maybe I'm nobody. Now, Oscar Wilde, who was an Irish poet, says it a different way. He says, most people are other people. Their thoughts are someone else's opinions. Their lives a mimicry. Their passions a quotation. And this is the tension that exists within us all. You see, whether you believe in God or not, in heaven or hell or, or, or not, you still feel this weight of condemnation, this sense of strong disapproval for even the standards that you set on yourself. And when you ask the question, how is that possible? I would say that the answer is because we all have broken identities. And to complete that identity, we need God. You see, the idea of identity is the part of self that's durable. The part of you that doesn't change, that's the same from day to day, month to month, year to year. Okay, it's, it's the part of you that's true, 
at all times, the part where we draw a sense of value and worth, the part of us that tells us that we are significant. Because to have a real identity, you have to have a sense of self and a sense of self-worth. And what I find funny, and if you're married, you know this, that we're inconsistent beings. Right? There's a quote that this gentleman says. He says, I've, my wife has been married to five men, and they've all been me. <laughs> the idea that we can create our own identity is not just incoherent, it's also illusionary. Okay? And, and even Madonna the Wise realized this. Like Madonna's got some quotes here. She says, I have an iron will, and all of my will has always been to conquer some horrible feeling of inadequacy. I push past one spell of it and discover myself as a special human being. And then I get to another stage and I think I'm mediocre and uninteresting. Again and again, my drive in life is from this horrible fear of being mediocre. And that's always pushing me, pushing me. Because even though I've become somebody, I still have to prove I'm somebody. And my struggle has never ended, and it probably never will. She's smarter than I thought she was. When you become somebody, you have to prove that you're more than the somebody that you've become. You see, we're broken. We always have this need for more. Without God, to give us significance and security, we, we root our identity in things that are going to fade away. Accomplishments or people or, or, or what we can do by our own hard work, right? Those things die out. And what we find here is that we, we try to make the quality of our work the measure of our worth because that's where culture is pushing us. And it fails us every time, which is why I believe that knowing God is such a big deal. See, Tim Keller says there has to be someone that you adore who adores you, and that person cannot be human. People will always fail you. You will always fail you, and it will crush you, which means that we need someone to name us, right? We need someone who, who doesn't change, someone who isn't fickle, because if they change, then our sense of identity is lost, you need something that doesn't fade. And to know how to live your life, you need to be connected to the source of that life. Right, like this is the best way that I can imagine it, like a box of Legos. Do I have any Lego fans in the house? There's a bunch of kids in here, so it's all kids today. And some adults, I'm with you. I used to have the whole Star Wars collection. So here's the deal. Our lives kind of look like this. Every decision that we make, every choice we make, every success, every failure, every event, every person, it's like we're given a piece. And then we have to take all of these pieces of our life and figure out how to assemble them together to be the you that you were created to be. The problem is, is you're not given a box to figure out what that looks like. And it seems like we're not given a manual to know how to put it all together. And this is so important for us to understand because the design can never aspire to have the knowledge of the designer 
unless the designer chooses to let you in on it. And as Christians, we believe that that answer comes from God and giving us his living word called the Bible. You see, again, you as a created being didn't design yourself, so how can you know how all of your pieces fit together? And the problem with expressive individualism is that you're looking at you to figure out you. Meanwhile, God is saying, I'm the reflection that you need to be looking at. Your pieces can't possibly make sense until you hand them over to me and I assign them a purpose for you. You see, to know someone is to be in a place where you can see yourself through their eyes wholly and securely. So in order to do that, we have to know God, right? And, and that means that we're, we're, look, we're seeking to find identity rooted in relationships. So, so how do we make that happen? How do we make that connection? So I, I've been watching this show, the greatest show of all time, called The Bachelor with My Wife. <laughs> the last 10 weeks, every Tuesday night, and, and it's funny because at first I like, was like, I'm not going to watch that junk. And then like the second weekend, I was like, here's my man card. This is hilarious. <laughs> so this, this high stakes love game is, is an American dating reality TV show about relationships, right? And, and it revolves around this bachelor who, who kind of has to start with the pool of romantic interests, about 25 women and from whom he's expected to select a wife. And so during the course of this season, we, we see The Bachelor kind of go through this elimination process, typically, again, proposing to his final selection. And what we find is that the participants are traveling from romantic place to exotic locations for these new adventures in hopes that these adventures are going to help them get to know one another. And the viewers of this show is in like the millions. And what's hilarious to me is in the last 22 seasons, only one couple are actually still together, right? So it just goes to show that if men have 25 options, they're gonna pick the wrong one. <laughs> so there, there are three factors at play in a show that are crucial to knowing someone. That in order to know someone, we need information, relationship, and engagement. Okay, it's, it's like a formula. If any one of these is missing, then we find ourselves with, with an incomplete knowledge of someone else, and that relationship suddenly comes to a standstill. And this is important for us to understand because in our pursuit to truly know someone, we have to acknowledge the intersection of knowledge and love. Okay, in other words, that knowing someone leads to loving them. And it's the merging of these two experiences until they become inseparable that makes someone known. Okay, there has to be consistent interaction between engagement of information and relationship. So when it comes to knowing God, how do we do this? Well, we start with Jesus. Jesus is the plug. And if you're young, he's not gonna give you drugs. He is the source of information that we need as we start our relationship with God. Because the mind of God is too rich for us to understand. But we can understand his love for us through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. Through the life of his son, Jesus, we can see his heart and his intentions and his love 
toward us. Let's check this out in John chapter 8, verse 19. Then they asked him, they being the Pharisees, and the Pharisees are just like, like super all about the rules. Like they're, that's all that they care about. They, they know all the information. They know all the rules. And they're asking Jesus this question, where is your father? And Jesus replies, you do not know me or my father. If you knew me, you would also know my father. You see, these guys, had a, they knew of God, right? They, they had information, but they never pursued a relationship, and, the, and, they didn't, and they never did it with their heart, and this is how we know why. Jeremiah 29, uh, chapter 29, verses 13 through 14. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Which means that if you want to know God, you have to start with gaining information about him, building a relationship with him, and then you've got to do it with your heart. And here's the thing about the heart. We always just jump to love, right? But really, it's passion before it's love. It's a desire to know somebody or something for the sake of knowing them. There's, there's a, this kind of energy behind it. That's what he's talking about. And, and the crazy thing is that when it comes to Jesus extending an invitation to us to follow him, he, he's not saying, have blind faith in me and just believe. It's not, it's not how it works. You see, faith and doubt can coexist. Faith and doubt can coexist. Okay, you don't have to have one without the other. Jesus is simply inviting you onto a journey with him and saying, as you begin to know me, you will begin to know you. And to be honest, doubt is actually the greatest tool when it comes to building faith. And so if you walked in here today with questions, with doubts, with a lack of assurance, then, then that's okay. You're not in a bad place. There's nothing wrong with that. Ask questions, right? God's not afraid of your doubts. God's not afraid of your questions. And he's not asking you to see the full picture or to understand it all. What he's saying is, I just need you to take one small step. And he's asking you to trust. Because when you trust, God won't bust. His intentions for us is to earn our trust because as we begin to gain information on him and apply it to our lives and lean into him, we find that he begins to come through on our behalf by transforming our mind. And you need to catch that because a lot of us think that God's just gonna step in and we're looking for him to change our circumstance. And God can do that but most of the time, God is looking to transform your mind. He's not looking to change your circumstance. He's looking to change how you see your circumstance. You see, the, the truth that sets us free is the knowledge of what we know to be true about his nature and then standing firm in that. Let me just say that again. The truth that sets us free is the knowledge of what we know to be true about his nature and then standing firm in that. It's not about how you feel. It's not about your emotions. It's what you learn to be true about him. You see, when emotions run the show, our knowledge of God is weak. 
But when, when the knowledge of God is sharp and, and clear, you feel it in your emotions. You feel the peace, love, joy of God because they're spiritual emotions and they generate a sense of calm and order. You see, trusting God is, is the natural part of having a relationship with him. He's asking us to trust in an absolute, him. That, that his consistency, his never changing nature, his never changing love, his never changing stance toward us will always be the same. Because knowing God is, is not for his benefit. He does it for you. And he's not pushing you to just go all in and believe blindly. He's just saying, let's begin a relationship together to get to know one another. Let's bow our heads. Look, maybe you're in here today and there, there's a hole to you that's missing. And you walked in here not knowing what that was. I'm here to tell you today that you did not walk in here by accident. God is trying to tell you that he is the answer that you have been looking for. And today what he's asking of you is to step out in faith and say, God, I'm, I want to know you more. And he's asking you to make a personal declaration today to take him seriously and, and to commit to knowing him more. Now, if that's you today, while nobody's looking around, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, would you just acknowledge that in his presence and say, that's me. Thank you, thank you. Put your hands back down. I just wanna pray over you right now and I would just like for you to pray along with me. God, today we acknowledge your presence here. God, we believe that you have created a divine appointment for some of us, God, to just kind of give us some comfort and some peace that you actually are there. And God, today we, we look to you and to your son, Jesus, and we say, we're gonna give this a shot. And God, we ask that you begin to change something in our heart and in our mind, God, that we would be willing to just put aside our, 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 our perceptions and our presumptions about you, God. And that we would lean into you and begin a real relationship with you. Begin to look for answers to the questions that we haven't asked. Now for a moment, I just wanna to talk to those of you who consider yourself a Christian. And I've gotta ask, has your relationship with God come to a standstill? See, you can answer this question with another question. Am I living a life of comfort? You see, a, a relationship with God assumes transformation and transformation assumes discomfort. And so the question ultimately is, is your life being transformed or have you become comfortable with being informed? Is your life being transformed or have you become comfortable with being informed? And if that stings a little, then it means that you have some work to do in your relationship with God. 
And if that's you today, in the presence of God, I just want you to own that. Nobody's looking around. But if that's you, just raise your hand and say, God, I'm recommitting to you today to go all in, to be all in with you. Hands are up everywhere. Go ahead and put them down. I, I just want to pray over you guys now. Heavenly Father, there are those of us in your God who have started a relationship with you, God, and we've just put it on the back burner. God, we've allowed our vision, our, our, our eyes, God, to drift from you to us. And we ask today that you just help realign us, refocus us, God, onto you. That, God, there, there would be this passion, this desire to know more about you. God, that we could begin to see how we can just apply what's in your word, what it is that we know about you to our lives. That way you can begin to bring that to life. God, we, we ask that you help us to have an active faith. To know you is a verb. Information, relationship, and engagement. It has to be something that we do. And today we ask, God, that you just begin to push that deeper and deeper into our soul. In your name we pray. Amen.